Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you from a couple of places on the internet. We're live over on Crowdcast, also live on YouTube. Coming to you later on the podcast, podcast, excuse me, platform of your choice. Justin should be joining the show sometime later. I got to figure out. He's in Puerto Rico, so they're they're a little behind, uh, like time wise. I think. Yeah, Puerto so, Rico. Their new slogan is "Puerto Rico stands for podcasts." Oh wow, that's nice. Yeah, yeah podcast recording PR. That's what it means. I, yeah, I'm not yeah. quite sure. It's where just I'm tough because this. Justin, you know, he's so busy with stuff, and it's hard to keep track of so many things at different times. And our show is constantly changing times, so it's mm-hmm. like hard for him. And it's not like it's every Tuesday, so it's a little it's it's a little tough to keep track. Wow, this of, is so. this is airing our dirty laundry right here at the top of the show. <laughs> Well, a couple of things right here at the top. As Pete mentioned before we went live, for those of you who are watching live, today is Mardi Gras, which is very exciting. I'm not in New Orleans. You are not in New Orleans. But we do have Brett Macris, our resident CBC chef, who is based in New Orleans. I believe we're going to be bringing him later on in the show to do some trivia. I'm sure it should be uh, not drunk at all. Uh, so that's nice. But he's, he's, he's been doing a lovely job with our Patreon Slack, patreon.com slash comic book club, curating drinks for us, not just every week, but this week for Mardi Gras and the lead up to Mardi Gras. He's been doing a different classic New Orleans drink for us Ooh. every night. And tonight is a Vaucare, uh, which you make basically with, <laughs> he says in the comments, I'm totally not drunk, but mm-hmm. he misspelled every word. Oh, come on, man. No, he didn't do that. I'm kidding. Uh, the Vocare, it's uh, rye, vermouth, benedictine, um, cognac, a little bit of uh, bitters as well, and a cherry. And it's super, super delicious. So thank you, Brett, for curating that. I'm going to sadly finish that very quickly because it tastes like juice. But 
Another thing to mention to you all, we've been asking folks over the past couple of weeks to drop recommendations for comics that we should review on the show. Coming up on this week's stack, we're going to be reviewing Sunstone Volume 1 from Image Comics. Should be an interesting discussion. We'll see what happens. I'm sure Pete loved it. No spoilers! No spoilers, Pete! But we do have another request that we will review on next week's stack. This is from Drew Johnson. Drew Johnson? Drew Johnson on iTunes. DJ. What's DJ says, what's up, boys? Love the pod. Easily five stars. I would love to hear your thoughts on my personal favorite comic series, Oblivion Song. It's got everything in it that I love about reading comics. I'm excited to hear what you think. Sorry if you've already reviewed it. I'm a fairly new listener. And Drew. Hey, welcome, Drew. First of all, yes. Like Pete said, welcome. Second of all, that is totally cool. We would love to revisit stuff. I think part of the thing that we do with the stack is we review, not I think, but I know we review stuff month to month, so we're often looking at the individual issues as a bit, and maybe at the end we'll say, oh man, you should really pick it up as a trade, but it's Mm -hmm. nice to be able to go back and revisit those things, and I believe we did talk about Oblivion Song, but it'll be fun to revisit again and read Mm -hmm. the whole thing. So we'll chat about that on next week's stack, and if any of you would like to request something, again, leave a rating, Preferably five stars, but whatever you want. It's all good. <laughs> in iTunes and leave a request in the comments. We've actually got a couple piling up there, which I'm very excited to get Ooh, through. Wow. Um, but there you go. And now that we've delayed enough, I think we can bring in our awesome guests here. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to have Sean Lewis to talk about King Spawn and other things. Oh, yeah. But right now, I am going to bring in John Westhoff. He is the creator of Drumsticks of Doom. John, hey, welcome. welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, excited to have you here. So you have a Kickstarter running right now, which is successful, which is awesome. So congratulations. Congrats. That's great. That's great news. Uh, but Drumsticks of Doom, this is a hardcore Drumsticks fun of <laughs> metal book. Uh, Pete. You were digging this. We were talking about this a little oh, bit yeah. beforehand. I'm a sucker for metal stuff, so this was uh, such a cool idea. The art's great. Love the the story. Uh, really does a great job of kind of like setting up this world and getting you excited for more. So uh, congratulations. And uh, uh, yeah, tell us a little about the comic and where you got the idea from. Well, I, I mean, first off, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, we, we funded it about six days. And, uh, you know, I felt like awesome. it was an easy sell for those of us who, you know, enjoy metal and enjoy comics. Uh, but you never know how these things are going to go. So sure, uh, obviously, sure. um, recruiting Dan Doherty to do the art was a big part of it. Smart, uh, I needed, smart. I needed to bring in someone who he, he is a professional musician. He gigs out about every weekend. And he's also, obviously, as you see, an amazing comic artist. It happens to be a friend of mine, but you never know how people's schedules uh-huh. are going to line up and if they're going to be excited about it. And, and about uh, about two years ago now, about this time, I, I finally got off my ass and said, <laughs> Dan, you know what? We've known each other for a while. I've had this comic. I've been sitting on it for about five or six years. I think it's ready. You know, and, and he thankfully was uh, as, as excited as I was. And, and, it, and I think it really shows on the pages. Yeah, well, agreed. talk about where did your love? I, I mean, I assume you have a love for black metal. Where did that start? Where did it start with heavy metal? Well, it started at the uh, Satanic Church. No, right. <laughs> same. Um, I fortunately I have uh, an amazing older sibling. Uh, my brother's about a year older than me, mm-hmm. uh, and he's always been into heavy metal, and that influence has has carried over. He and I have been to many shows together, and, and all of our friends, you know, our group is just very big into metal. You know, it started with you know the big the big two or the big four, whatever you want to call them. You know, Megadeth, Metallica, 
you know, it was right around uh, big when I was 11 or 12, 13. So it was a, a, a great time when uh, metal was blowing up and then it kind of just branched out from there. And again, having a really close friend group and social group and then joining bands and playing heavy metal and rock and alternative music uh, for, you know, most of my life, uh, you know, kept me really, really involved. And then when it came time to transition out of being in bands, that's where the story started to come in. Like, am I ready for that? Uh, I've always been in bands. I've always music and, and playing with my friends has always been a part of my life. And that's kind of where the seed of the story started. I, we talk about this a lot on the show whenever we have books that involve music, but I always think it's such an interesting collision between something that has sound and something that definitively does not have sound. So what's your approach to it? How does it work for you? And how does it work in the book? Getting it to be a book about a band, about music, but at the same time on the comic book page. Well, it obviously leans heavily on the art. I too have a fascination with music and comics, you know, starting with like Scott Pilgrim. And I, I oh, mentioned yeah. on the, the Kickstarter page, a, a comic called Doom Boy about 10 or 12 years ago that I was just enamored with the way it made me feel like I was listening to sound on the page. Cool. Um, another more recent one from, uh, from David Chisholm, uh, chasing the bird is another one that comes to mind, but just these amazing comics that are able to do that. Now, I don't know as a writer if I'm able to, but I, again, I, I definitely sought out to recruit someone who I felt like could do that. Uh, and you can see mm -hmm. some of the preview pages here. Yeah. Uh, it's difficult. It's difficult for me to type in words and say, this is what it should look like to, <laughs> to elicit sound. But, I just say, you know, they should be playing in a band and you should feel the energy. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. You know, stay out of my way, writer. I know how to do this. And, and he does it. So I'm very Enough fortunate. with the words, writer. I got work to do. Because I do feel like most of those books, at least that come to mind for me, I'm sure I'm missing some. They're usually a writer and an artist and someone who has a musical background. Uh, another one that mm -hmm. comes to mind is Andrew McLean's uh, Moonhead and the Music Machine. That's another one where, again, I... I don't, I don't know if Dan and I will ultimately pull it off. I hope that we will, but there may be something in it that if you're a musical artist that you're just able to put it on the page. Mm. Um, and, and, and I hope that we can do that. Now, given that there is a music component, I know sometimes people do this, sometimes they don't. Is there going to be a soundtrack involved? There is. And we did announce uh, for all of our wonderful backers, especially if you were in day one, I dropped that in the first update and I'll send it out. Uh, again, to all our wonderful backers, we, we myself, I've played in bands for about 25 years, Dan, as well. Nice. Uh, another couple uh, people who uh, contributed to the book, Dave Jordan did a, an alternate new metal logo for us. He's he's in a, in a band still to this day. Uh, my close uh, buddy, Don Cardenas is going to do a pinup for us. He's also makes music. So I kind of said, well, we're all making this cool book together. You know, I've recruited you all because, you, you know, you all have music, you know, on the mind you want to contribute music to it. And, and we've all kind of pulled from our musical history to make a little, little soundtrack, not necessarily awesome. made exactly for the book, but from the creator's history of making music. Nice. Now we jumped ahead exponentially and I didn't actually get you to do the pitch for the book. Could you do, could you explain what the plot of the book is? <laughs> sure. The short pitch for the book is black Sabbath, not the Beatles became the most famous band on earth. And thus the universe was changed musically. And otherwise the longer pitch is that, a young woman named Lana is struggling with transitioning out of high school and being still being in her high school band and not knowing where she stands in the world. She wants to play more indie and independent music. And of course, in a world dominated by heavy metal, she doesn't know where she fits in. So that's kind of where the story picks up. She finds a magical pair of drumsticks at the music store and uh, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> now that, now that you're successful on the Kickstarter with the 
first issue, are you starting to look ahead to the second or do you want to just make it through the next week and the aftermath of that? And that's pretty much it for this point. Yeah, I just want to make it through this one interview and that's it. No, um, <laughs> I, I, I definitely, and then I'm I, done. <laughs> I have planned. We, we actually scripted out three issues. Uh, I scripted out three issues um, before I kind of pitched it to Dan so he could kind of see the bigger idea. So there is already two other issues, um, but uh, that will depend on on the success. I mean, I don't want to downplay. We've made our minimum goal, and that is exciting. We've gone beyond that. But I, I feel like there's a bigger story here, and I, I do need a, a little bit more funding in order to keep Dan working. Dan's a full-time working artist and get him committed to doing you know more issues. So I, it's right now it's a three-issue arc. It could just be this one shot, and I do feel like that that will be a satisfying story for people. But if we can get to that secondary goal, uh, we can at least do the first three issue arc, and I, I believe that I've ha- I have a good three three issue arc, so nine to ten issues. Awesome. Nice. Uh, and so, what is the secondary goal? Just to really encourage people to pledge in as we're taping this, you got eleven days left. So it'll be twenty a twenty four page book, twenty three pages of art, and then the pinup from Don Cardenas. And then if we get to $6,000, there'll be uh, five more story pages and then uh, an additional like kind of uh, supplemental material that I'm doing kind of a, a, a news article in the world uh, uh, cool. that we set up. So, yeah, it'll be 32 pages. So a bigger book, no extra shipping, no extra uh, cost to anybody who's already backed. Nice. Uh, but, yeah. That's awesome. John, like congratulations on the success. Fingers crossed that you can make it to, yeah. make it to that second goal. Uh, this is a great project. No, I appreciate it, guys. I appreciate the support. Everybody who's retweeted and, and, and reposted and, and backed and, and all that is it's it's been great. You know, again, you sit on something for so long, you just don't know uh, how people are going to respond to it. And and in the time that I've written this book, of course, some other amazing creators have put out books, you know, in the similar genre. So I kind of <laughs> felt like, oh, maybe I missed my window. And, and now, that you know, the market's flooded with these amazing music comics like Murder Falcon and other ones that are coming out. Uh, but, you know, so I've had some great friends that say, John, there's never enough music. Yeah, exactly. It's metal, man. Exactly. It's enough to go around. It's, there's some sort of expression about a rising tide and ships and something like that. So it's all good. You're going to do great. John, thank you so much for coming on the show. Man, it was a pleasure book, chatting. Man. Congrats. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Uh, once again, it is called Drumsticks of Doom. It is on Kickstarter right now from John Westhoff, uh, and it is a lot of fun. So definitely check it out. Yeah, definitely. And folks, we're going to bring our second guest in. He's oh, one yeah. of our favorites here on the show. We love talking about his books, and he has pretty much taken over the Spawn universe at this point. He is writing King Spawn, also The Scorched, a Spawn <laughs> team book. Uh, and he's written some of our favorite stuff in the past, like Thumbs and Bliss and other things. Well, yeah. Um, and he'll make his way in here eventually. Sean Lewis. We'll see what's happening. In the meantime, Pete, how are you enjoying your Mardi Gras so far? Good? Mm. What are you drinking? Lemonade and vodka or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drinking uh, drinking a new flavor of uh, Mountain Dew here uh, in honor of Mardi Gras, you know, just to get fired up. It's called Spark. It's uh, mm. it's kind of gross but uh you know you add a little vodka it tastes better hmm huh interesting are you mm-hmm. going to try the new starlight pepsi starlight? starlight coke sorry there's apparently this coke that they're saying is from space and space coke space coke they won't say what the flavor is mm, i fell for this one time at a party i'm not going to fall for it again <laughs> you know like hey man, but I it got glitters space coke. i know that it glitters hmm that's something. 
Um, that freaks me out. Ooh, it's popular in L.A., John. Yeah, interesting. I mm. I just found out about it the other day. I guess it's been out for. A How did it get past time. you? You're usually. I know, right? Yeah, they're supposed to email me when this stuff comes up. Yeah, you're. You know, if there's a new kind of like Oreo flavor, you're on it. Like mm-hmm. you know. I've actually been very frustrated while we're killing time here. Uh, There's this Toffee Crunch Oreo that came out recently. And, oh, there's Sean. I guess guess I'll have to finish that story about Toffee Crunch Oreo. There's a button on the lower left. It took Mm -hmm. me, I was like looking. uh, Buttons are confusing, Sean. Basically what happened to (laughs) (laughs) you. Sean, thank you so much for coming on. So good to see you again. Yeah, Uh, welcome. Let's talk everything Spawn, because like I was saying in the intro, you have... Pretty much, uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on, but at least in terms of the kickoff, you pretty much take it over this universe at this point, working with Todd McFarlane, who is still Thanks. helping guide things. Uh, and uh, we talked about this on the stack. Yeah, you like, got to say what you said. I mean, it's sure. very impressive. Uh, I mean, full transparency, I have never really been a Spawn guy. Loved King Spawn. I was like, this is great. This is, I guess, what I always wanted out of a Spawn book. So... I've been very happy about it, but let's let's take it back to the genesis of this. First of all, how'd you end up talking to Todd about it, or did he recruit you, or what was the process like? You know, the way it honestly happened is he was moving into film, and his film exec, I believe, got a copy of Thumbs. And so he oh, wow. read Thumbs. That's basically how it kind of happened is he read thumbs and then he, and then it was really weird. It was like a weird dating that I didn't know what the fuck was going on for like <laughs> at least two months. Cause like, I remember I was up at my parents' house. This was like, like, a, like over a year ago. And I got in a phone call and it was like, I just got the voicemail message and it was like, Hey, is Todd McFarland looking for Sean Lewis? Would you like to talk? And I was like, this can't possibly be fucking talking. <laughs> so I called him back and he was just, and we talked for like an hour and he was like, so yeah. And we were just talking in general. And he's like, he's like, what do you think about Spawn? And I was like, Spawn's cool. Like I like Spawn. <laughs> like, like just generally. And he was just like, he was like, you know, like, like ever since 300, it's been doing really well. I'm thinking about expanding it. We ended that conversation and I came back in my house and at like my parents' house, my mom was like, did he offer you a job? And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't know what that was. Like, I'm very <laughs> confused by it. And we had like two more phone calls like that. And then like, we had one phone call after that. And they, each of them, like, we were just kind of talking theoretically about things you could do with spawn. Right. And then um, in the middle of one of them, he was like, okay, so, you know, I figured by the time you get to issue three of this one, then we'll do the team book. And I was like, wait, am I writing these? And he was like, yeah, what the fuck do you think we're doing? <laughs> I was like, okay, sorry. I mistook. I mistook with this. No one ever offered me a job. I, I, I didn't want to presume. And he was just yeah. like, I don't, I don't know. I think it was the one moment where he was like, I'm not sure about you. I don't know. Yeah, what yeah, right. I've been oh, doing for like yeah. the past month and a half. So then we went right into like production for King Spawn. Like, I think the next month I started working directly with Javi and then that was driving towards the August, the August release. I think I started working on Scorched a couple of months later, uh, like March or April. Kind of a blur, honestly, like that, that whole window of it was pretty insane. Well, given that, what was what was it? What was your take on Spawn? What was the thing that ultimately you felt like 
keyed you into the character to make you feel like, okay, not only is Todd offering me this job, but I'm excited about Slash. I want to do this book. I mean, it was a couple of things. I know what I was throwing at him was I was just like, what would it be like to do a really personal book? I was through quarantine. I was reading a lot of Frank Miller's Daredevil run Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of Garth Ennis's uh, Punisher Max. And I was just like, this is what I would do. Like, <laughs> like if I was to do Spawn, I think I think I would do like a, a version of this for his character, like a deeper look at who he is. Is there a way like he's such an invulnerable character? And I think my big things with him were I was just like, you know, you you have this god of vengeance who can do anything, but like his wife's dead. So like the one person he's supposed to get vengeance for, he can't get vengeance for himself, even though he's getting it on everyone else. And I was like, I think that's a really interesting character arc with the scourge it was a little bit i don't it's funny you hired me for it because he was like what would you do and i was like i think i just make it bonkers <laughs> he, was like, what? he was just like what do you mean and i'm like i think i'd make it just like a big ass war book meets like keith giffen's justice league international like wow like it, like that was kind of the things that were in my in my head like i think with scourge i was thinking a lot of like having four people named spawn has a level of absurdity to begin with. So it was <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, why don't we just live in it? Like, why don't, what if we lean into what that is as opposed to not where wow. with King spawn, I was just much more of, I'm like, part of it was, I was like, you know, I, I, um, the first book I had bought with my own money as a kid was spawn one, which wow. actually almost cost me the job. I told Todd that and he was like, uh, I wish you uh-huh. had told me that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he honestly that was his immediate response he's like sometimes people are fans and they get into the book and then they don't know how to like do it and sure yeah. but i think for me i was much more of a i was just like you know there's a lot of the older history of it and just the lore that i'm like i would bring terry back i would bring win i mean i'm not people have been reading it i'm not exploding i've been like i'd bring kincaid back i'd bring win back i'd bring back all the original characters i was obsessed with mm-hmm. but just try and look at like what's the deeper mythos of them and and really play on like you know what what is it to be all powerful when you don't exactly have the thing you can fight for anymore mm-hmm. um that that's that was the main thing i threw at him was just like wow. what happens to him if 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 that's brought to light to him you know like that realization moment of like i'm fighting for fucking nothing like what, like, <laughs> like, what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love the sense of the first couple of the issues, at least, of these characters, these villainous characters who are almost, in a way, fanboys of Spawn taken too far. Like, they're people who just, like, <laughs> love Spawn so much. They're like, yes, yeah, Spawn, be the most fucking extreme Spawn you possibly can be. And he's like, what are you doing? That's not what I'm about. <laughs> and just having that as a conflict there is so smart and so interesting. Thanks. Part of it's by accident, to be fully honest, or or maybe intuitive accident. Like the book was called King Spawn before I was hired. Mm. Like mm-hmm. he was like, I want to do a King. A, a, we're gonna have Spawn and King Spawn, and I was just trying to think. Like, so it got me just thinking on the word of it, and I was just like, Well, wh- why is he king? Like, what's that? <laughs> what does that mean? And then I I just started thinking like, Yeah, like what if what if all the bad guys that I was obsessed with as a kid were just like, you know, we we talked. <laughs> <laughs> like we got together and we realized like you're like the most evil or the most dangerous of all of us so like let's hang out like why, why don't we do that <laughs> you know, like- i i love that because it almost uh, particularly you mentioning this 
sort of backdoor origin story that you're giving it in terms of the concept, you know, you hear the title King Spawn and it feels like the idea is, okay, he's finally King of Hell. That's what he's doing. Like he's sitting down in hell, he's ruling hell. And this almost, this is very refusal of the call hero style because it's all him pushing back on that. And it creates this friction and tension that I think ultimately is more interesting. Yeah, for sure. I think it gives a real, I mean, for me as a writer, it's a really fun place to be in where it's like, will he or won't he like uh, in a lot of ways i'm like it's like old school wrestling like heel and heel and faces you know of like spawn is kind of a like as far as heroes go a bad one like Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like the idea of him going full bad is like reasonable or or like not that insane and some of his villains it's also interesting with the fandom like as i've gotten to know the fandom more it's fun to play with it because there's certain villains that they like love that like, they're almost like heroic in a way that I'm like, Oh, mm. I can do a fun thing with the expectation of what that like bringing wind back by the time we did it, I was like, Oh, people are going to really like this. <laughs> like <laughs> it's a funny thing to say for a bad guy. Like they're going to really yeah. love when Jason wind shows up. Um, so it's, it's allowed me like some opportunities of that, of just being able to get both the fandom and, and how we're operating to like manipulate things. Um, well, uh, talk about where potentially it's going in the future, because we're a couple of issues in now. Uh, I always feel like Spawn is sort of known for having this, like, we've got a 300 issue plan or whatever. Are you, are you, you think that bit is Todd thinking that big? Or are you like, I'm kind of taking this one arc at a time and seeing what's happening? I mean, Todd, Todd definitely thinks that big. Cause there's times where I'll throw something out. Like, so next issue I'm thinking of doing this. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> Sean, that's like issue. That's issue 25. And I'm like, it is. What the fuck am I doing for the next 14? You know? <laughs> like, like that's a, I have to think of 14 other things before this. So wow. it's been a, it's, but I think that's actually good because I think Todd and I push, there's a good push in that way of like, there's some plotting things and patience that I learned from Todd, but I think there's also some things that I do at times that like, <laughs> I think in some ways they drive him crazy, but then if they work, he's like, oh shit, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> like there's times where I'm like, why are we hiding it? Let's just fucking go full on. Like, let's just go into it. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, the like going forward, I think this journey of like, of the court of priests and them trying to get him on the throne, that's going to continue. But I think also like the deepening of what's going on with the green um, and, and Gaia and the little boy, Simon is like yeah. a story I'm personally really fascinated and interested. And in. it gets to like all these old, like Arthurian legends that like I used oh, wow. to get read when I was a little boy, like, like before bed. So I, I dig all of that and the Lord of the Rings type stuff in that world and how like, like playing on this thing of like everyone fearing spawn and, and pushing him to the limits of like, do I open the dead zones? Do I close the dead zones? Where do I have the most gain? And what does that even mean? And what are the consequences for everyone around him is what I'm interested in. Cause now we have the scorched, we have gunslinger in his own and like more and more, I will say this more and more characters are going to keep showing up. Mm-hmm. And there really is just like, his decisions are going to have reverberations through every book. I will say that. Um, and I'm really fascinated to see how far I can push both Spawn and Al, meaning like a big thing that I was curious about. I love those Frank Miller books that I mentioned before, because there's so much time where Matt is 
where Matt Murdock is the character and not Daredevil. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. learn so much about both of them through when Matt's walking around trying to figure out how to be a human being. And I'm always fascinated by Al because it's like he's this badass soldier, but now he's got like 10 fucking people around him who don't agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> like, like and what does that mean that he's got to deal with Jessica and like Terry? Like, I love Terry. So, like, I love that he's got this guy who, who knows him that just can call him out. So, I mean, I'm probably talking very vaguely, but I'm, I'm still bad at like, how do you tease comics without giving away the next three issues? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're doing all right, job. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we actually have a question over on YouTube, and I know this isn't your department, but maybe you can weigh in on it anyway. Sherlock wants to know, how do you decide upon the cover image for a given issue? That's Todd and Thomas. Thomas Healy, who's the editor. I mean, mm -hmm. Todd basically looks at everything as like it's a work of art. Like he doesn't worry as much. I know that for a fact. Like there are times where people are like, Raven spawns on the cover. I'm so excited. I'm like, it's, he's not in the book. <laughs> like, he's, not, he's not there he's not he 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 may show up but he's not in this one um that they look at it much more of like it's a work of art like it, mm -hmm. like an art piece that you could put up on your wall and they honestly they have like there's some covers no one's seen that i've seen that like thomas will just come to me and he's like we got these four covers that are just kind of in the office right now that are stunning and they'll cycle through them and I'll be like, fuck that thing's amazing. Like, like I'm stealing that before Rory takes it for the regular spawn title. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing that I've really appreciated in the book, a particular, and again, this kind of comes to the art, but I think this is also how you're plotting stuff is it's super gnarly and gross. A lot of the time in a really great way, which is something that strangely, I think was missing from spawn for a while. Like this idea of, if it wasn't a Sam and Twitch story, it wasn't a horror book. It was a superhero book, you know? So yeah. here I feel like we're really getting all of those elements mixed up in a nice way. So when you are building a sequence like that, when you are building something where it's just somebody's stomach is popping open and they're ripping into pieces and turning upside down, how do you script something like that? Oh, well, Javi's great. So I can kind of write anything that's in my head that's insane. Like I think he, there's the issue in, with Kincaid where I was just like, so basically what happens is he sees the darkness in Kincaid's mouth and he jumps inside Kincaid's body and then explodes out of his stomach like in the movie Alien. I think that's the the direct description <laughs> of the page. And, and Javi was like, okay, and he'll do like a quick sketch and send it to me. He's like, like this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, basically wow. like, like that. <laughs> You know, it's the same, I think, one of the more recent issues with Maman on the on the God throne that it was it was really similar. I was just like, I, I, the throne's made out of the bones of his villains. So, like, I think when Maman's on it, the head of Kincaid starts to, like, come out of his skin. So it's kind of just honestly, like, in the plotting, it's just discussing, like, very literally, like, what I think is gross. <laughs> like, like it is kind of like when you're saying it's very gross i'm like a lot of times i'm thinking like what's a really like gross moment or, or death it's how i imagine like some horror screenwriters work where they're like what's the coolest kill we can have here where i i, I do i kind of feel like with spawn like i want it to be really gritty and dark and gross and 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 bloody like it's just it feels weird if it's not. I think also once they showed me Puppeteer's cover for issue one, I was like, I know the book I'm writing. <laughs> like, That's awesome. I know what this is. <laughs> uh, I also don't want to ignore, and I loved hearing you talk about the Scorched, because what you described is exactly the feeling I was getting from it. Again, I was, despite really liking you as a writer, I was kind of trepidatious about being like, more spawns? Come on, man. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
the book <laughs> it does over. lean into how <laughs> over the top it is to have the many spawns and it's super super fun uh where where is that one heading how uh how far ahead are you planning of that and what can you i know you're bad at teasing but what can you tease yeah no i know i'm trying to think like there's gonna be a new so the thing is is like i read a lot of old comic books so my influences i won't even pretend that they don't feed in i think they get translated into something different but like there's old Claremont runs of the X-Men, like when they were in Australia and when they fight like Sentinels that I'm really obsessed with. Like I just, I still read those books. Wow. And like I said, the JLI books, like the, especially the first couple of issues of, of Giffen's run. So like, there's going to be some new monsters that show up like issue four. Um, I think there's going to be some bad guys who show up, who will aid the team in ways that people don't expect there'll be allies that people are like wait they're gonna work with him and that's gonna also cause problems um there's there there probably is i don't know why but an un an irrational amount of professional wrestling influence on my plotting right now (laughs) (laughs) like i've been just really fascinated with all those there's so many characters of going like if i create a rationale for what they want i can kind of team them up in any way that i want to so a bad guy, a person we think is a bad guy can can work with the Scorch as long as his logic makes sense within this insane fucking world. And the nice thing with the Scorched is kind of, I will say one thing I'm working towards is like, how do they separate themselves from Al, like from Spawn? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like how, how do they become a team without it being Batman and the Outsiders? How does it become right. the Outsiders, right? Like, um, and that's something I'm I'm definitely working towards. And and, and yeah, there'll be a new monster in issue four that is fucking cool. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited. I've, just seen the, I've seen the, I just started getting the art of it like a week ago and I was like, holy shit, this is better than I thought. Uh, so yeah, it'll keep going. And I think I want to get to like, my big interest with all the characters is how to get to their vulnerable points. Cause they're mm-hmm. these invulnerable characters. And I think at least for me, I don't, I don't know how to write. I have so many vulnerabilities. I don't know how to write an invulnerable character. <laughs> so, like, so I'm just like, how do like how do we get to the things that that really hurt them or weaken them or get them to to fight with each other? Um, and do the spawn like do the spawn? Even that sentence is insane. Do the spawns have to get along? It's like <laughs> it's like something I I also think about on a pretty regular on a pretty regular basis is like, how, how do I make them all individual and their goals individual? And and then what does that do to Al? I mean, I think that book is going to never stop being a full on like new team Titans level action book. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's fun personally, just writing it. It's fun to put them in battle. And I think with that one, I, even with the exposition, I'm always trying to think like, how can I put them in an action sequence where we're still learning what we need to for the, the story because comic books are still insane like writing a story in 20 pages is fucking stupid but <laughs> I, we still do it well, yeah. you're doing a good job uh, now listen job. not i don't know if this is gonna get into spoilers but there is one major spawn character that hasn't shown up in either book and i'm curious if you're going to bring them back are we going to see the countdown clock at any point <laughs> The countdown clock will be making appearances for sure. It'll be, yes! part, wow. Honestly, I think part of that is me and Rory trying, like, learning exactly how to use it. Like, to be honest, it's like, for, I'll be full. I'll be fully honest. For me, I, I'm like, I, 
my thought is I'm like, I'm juggling Spawn. I'm juggling 30 years of the history of the book. I'm going to get to the countdown clock. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, give me a second. I got to figure out how it operates. And right maybe now, maybe the, the Pete knows the answer to this one because Pete is more religiously than Spawn. Or maybe you could answer this. This is just honestly like a gap in my knowledge. Did that ever count down to anything? I feel like it just yeah. was. It did? Yeah. What was yeah. it counting what was it counting? It went down to? to zero at one point. Yeah, it did. And then it, yeah. It, did anything happen, or were they like, "Well, still going, negative one, know, negative I, two. I read that whole sequence. I'm trying to remember now. There's been it's a lot fine. of spawn reading in the past three months. Yeah, six months. Um, all right, I do it's fine. I don't need to test you. Went all zeros though. Oh yeah, because it's yeah. like it's a great device. I just yeah. I I want to have a very specific reason to use it. Otherwise, sure. I think the truth is at this point I would just be making shit up. I'd be like. I think at one point I actually had a plot. I think Todd might have talked me out of it where I had like, I think I was using the clock, but I had more numbers than the clock had ever had. And he was like, (laughs) (laughs) there's going to be no better way to like not ingratiate yourself to the fans than having like 52 numbers of the clock and me going like, no, it makes sense. Trust me. Amazing. Uh, now, of course, other than King Spawn and Scorch, we're big fans of your other stuff, uh, like yeah. Thumbs, like Bliss, like everything. It sounds like you're very busy in the Spawn universe right now, but do you have any of that more personal, more indie stuff percolating in the background or anything you're working on? Yeah, actually, a bunch of stuff, weirdly. Um, me and Hayden Sherman, who did Thumbs Together, are doing a Western together, um, mm-hmm. like a metaphysical Western called Above Snakes that'll probably come out in July. Oh um that i'm really excited about it's about um it kind of it's funny like hayden i'd asked hayden what he wanted to work on next and he said a western and i was like fuck i don't know anything about western (laughs) um (laughs) so then i just kind of i (laughs) tell you what neither does sam elliott as we discovered that's a little uh cultural reference for you I was reading about that before I came on. Um, But but actually it became really fun because I was like, oh, I'm going to take all the tropes I know about Westerns and just like explode all of them. So like, cool. It's it's basically takes on the it starts with the specific trope of like the guy who like his family's been killed and he's out for revenge. Right. right, But he's he's basically harassed by this volt like this like godlike vulture who just keeps like fucking with him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like who's kind of funny and really malicious, but keeps just going like like stop being a bitch go kill people and he's like trying to deal with it you know and then there's like a local bar where there's a bunch of guys like like the main character who are all looking for the killers of their families but none of them ever actually find them (laughs) so it's just kind of like exploding a lot of things like that um so it's really it's fun it's been a really fun we've been working on it for a long time um, I know Hayden says that to me a lot. He's like, we worked on this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but we're excited about it. I know Image has been really excited. I- I've delayed it personally a couple of times because of Spawn. And also just to try and make it totally right. Because it's, um, you know, I think with the more personal stuff that I do, like, it's probably not great. Like, I, it doesn't all, I, I, it's tricky because I, I like to play with messing with tone. So it's like mm-hmm. there are elements of humor and horror and action and Western in it. So like it's just taking some time with everything else going on to like really nail the tone where you're like, oh, I like this book. There's times where you read a comic you're working on and you're like, what the fuck am I putting everything? <laughs> so oh, it had man. to get to the point where I was like, no, this is good. People will like this. I, I, I'm not yelling at myself anymore. So there's that. There's a book at Vault that I've been working on for a little while that 
that I'm hoping to get back to. Um, that's kind of like my version of a Star Wars book. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think there's going to also like Image has a new anthology coming out in May called Im- Image with an exclamation point. And me and Ben Mackey, who I did my first comic with book Saints, are oh, doing a really man. fun uh, serial in it uh, called Ma- Makeshift Patriot about a, a stuntman who gets cursed by a redneck and becomes America's newest superhero. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Sounds interesting. I've had, some, I've had some vodka tonight, so I'm laughing a lot. At all right. Hey, <laughs> you're right with you. I'm right with you. Oh, that's great. I love it. These all sound awesome. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for coming on. It was so good yeah, seeing you. Really Congratulations. On Keep all up the amazing work. work. We're yeah. loving Thanks. it. Thank you. It's always good to talk to you guys. Thanks for reading. Uh, absolutely. Oh, Have a good night, Sean. Take care. Take care, guys. All right, once again, oh, that man. was Sean Lewis. The books you can check out right now, King Spawn and The Scorched, both from Image. Also, don't forget to check out Thumbs and Bliss, two of oh, our favorite yeah. books. If you've missed those, you're, you're definitely missed out. Definitely. If you miss those, you're dead to me. Whoa. You're dead. Take it easy. I will take it easy because it's time for our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience question. <laughs> and for audience questions, I think you know how this goes. Drop a question over in the YouTube comments or an ask a question here on Crowdcast. Or if you're Pete on camera, just raise your hand. Pete, yeah, I just which... wanted to say real quick before we get into the questions, uh, mm-hmm. something I just realized that are one of the things that I really enjoy, we've talked to a, a lot of writers a lot of people work on comics one of the things that always makes me so happy is when a writer gets back the art and we're kind of there to talk to them about it they get this like excitement you can kind of see the little kid in them come out a little bit and it's just always one of my favorite things to kind of witness uh when it comes to people working on comic books is when they get back the artwork and they're kind of just blown away uh, it always just makes me so happy. So well, it's, it's kind of cool. It feels like to... magic, right? Yeah. Like, probably yeah. not to artists necessarily, but there's something about it where like, how did you do that? <laughs> you took something that was in my mind. You, and now it's out here. I've been thinking about this for so long. And ah, that's, yeah. yeah, it's great. I agree with you. Let's move to some questions here. This one is from Stray Bullet. Is Stray there Bullet. music you prefer to listen to while you're reading comics? I remember during metal and death metal, I listened to a lot of 80s and 90s metal. That's, I mean, that's cool. I mean, it's one of those things where... Um, Really depends on where I am and what's going on. Sometimes I like to have music to drown out all the outside stuff so I can kind of be uh, with my comic. But uh, to be completely honest, my favorite part is just finding a quiet place and just being able to kind of like melt into my comic and not have any kind of outside noise at all. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, there's some things that, especially like metal comics, where you kind of gets you excited and you kind of want to have a kind of rhythm to it. So that mm-hmm. can help you kind of stay in the pulse of that comic. Uh, but yeah. go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, no. I, I was going to say the same sort of thing. I think like, I like it to be as quiet as possible so I can concentrate on the words. And I don't know if that I'd listen to songs with words because it would distract me from the words that I'm reading. But and and if anything, I think when I'm doing something like reading Black Metal or any of those books or Murder Falcon, I like almost hearing 
the drum beat in the back of my head while I'm reading it versus having some music going at the same time. But there yeah. you go. All right. This is from Jolene in honor of George Perez and JLA Adventures. Imagine Disney and WB decide to work together and do a DC Marvel live action crossover project. What Arrowverse characters would you want to interact with? Which MCU characters and what are they going up against? Hmm. Arrowverse versus MCU. Uh, I don't know. The only the only real DC universe that I accept is Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I prefer <laughs> to stay with that. It's more one to one with like cinematic masterpiece versus cinematic masterpiece. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I you know I love all the Arrowverse, uh, but yeah, it would it would be cool to see Ali. Uh, uh, doing a salmon ladder, you know, uh, why, you know, Ollie? Cap- Ollie? Like Ma- Ollie? Oh, yes. I thought you were saying Muhammad Ali do a salmon yeah. ladder. I'd love to see a crossover. You know, the classic Muhammad Ali versus Superman thing? What no. if he was on Arrow? Yeah. <laughs> Not a great answer to the question, but go ahead. Yes, you would love to see Ollie do a Sabbath ladder with. Let me finish. Let me let you finish it up. Well, I was just saying, like maybe you know, Captain America is like punching a bag through the wall, and then you know, Ollie's kind of like you know. Uh, oh, so like, you'd like to see Captain America kill Oliver Creed? No, no, I'm just saying, like you know, it would it th- just made me think of like two worlds coming together. Captain America likes to get his emotions out on the punching bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Oliver Queen uses the salmon ladder, so it'll be a fun kind of uh, bringing those two worlds together. Man, I'm trying to think of like who. I mean, obviously, like Superman from Superman and Lois would be great to pair with Captain America or Iron Man or somebody mm-hmm. like that. That would be super fun. I think obviously we haven't seen him, but. Uh, or her, I, sorry, we haven't seen She-Hulk, but She-Hulk might be great with Legends of Tomorrow, just because that seems like that would be oh, really yeah. funny and enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, so something like that might be good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like throw throw uh, Florence Pugh's Black Widow and Kate Bishop in with Stargirl and that cast. That might be kind of fun. Oh, too. wow, nice. That's yeah. fun. They'd, they'd goof it up a lot, I bet. I mean, Legends with anybody would be fun because they're just such a cool uh, oddball mm-hmm. group, you know? Uh, you know, like Legends with Guardians would be fucking crazy fun. Totally. This is from Kevin. What's a prose book series you'd love to see a comic version of that you haven't already and who should do it? A prose book series you'd love to see a comic version of. You lost me in prose, Kev, but I uh, love Just you. Just a book series that has to be Appreciate how smart you series. are, you know. <laughs> You've read books, Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of them. They're the, mainly the about spot ninjas. books, for example. That's a good book series that you like. See Spot, See Spot Run. That might be kind of cool as a comic book. Yeah, I mean, there was that uh, Daredevil spot villain that was real, real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I've mentioned this here on the show before, but Rainbow Rowell, who is doing She-Hulk right now and did Runaways, has a series of books that it's a very confusing history, but basically it's like queer Harry Potter fan fiction mixed kind of with Twilight a little bit and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, But it's very fun. It's called the Simon Snow series. And given that Rainbow Rowell has a comic book connection. I feel like she could do that pretty easily and throw some Simon Snow comics together. That might be fun. 
I agree. Cool. That'd be good stuff. Um, we actually have two of the same comments, interestingly enough, on YouTube and Questions. on Crowdcast. So I'm going to just go to YouTube and ask it. Uh, this is from Nelson Martinez. After the long-awaited hype, are you guys still excited for the Batman? Seen it already? Or how do you plan on watching it day one at theater? Also, well, Alex, please finish crunchy toffee Oreo story if you can. Great. Why don't we start there? My story is that I haven't found it yet. <laughs> I have looked uh, everywhere well, for it though, but I haven't seen it in stores. This is a fun like Justin thought you had seen Batman already or the Batman already. Yes, he did. It was a weird text because I knew the review embargo was up. This is not a good story. Not good like my toffee crunch Oreo yeah, story. Yeah, it's man, that is all story. So glad we circled back around to that legend of a story. Oh, so good. There was this, the Batman title generator that everybody was memeing on Twitter for like three hours, uh, Mm -hmm. just throwing various titles up and stuff. And so I created one that said review embargoes up in the, the, the Batman title font queued it up on Twitter for when the review embargo was up, just because I thought that would be hilarious. My my, eh, hilarious is probably pretty strong. (laughs) I thought I might get. You were like, hey, maybe someone will think this is good. I, I don't know. I got to do something here. It's important to be part of this discourse, Pete. <laughs> anyway, I put that up, and then Justin immediately texted and was like, oh, you saw the Batman? I was yeah. like, what? Like, no. What? <laughs> what What are you talking about? Yeah. And he had seen that and thought that I was indicating I saw it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I have not. I mean, sometimes you do get to see things early. That's true. And then hold it over us. Exactly. I make it as tantalizing and mean as possible every single time, Pete. That's that's correct. Uh, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Justin hasn't seen it. But you do have tickets to go see it on Friday, right? That's right. Uh, You know. I'm, I I don't know if I, how I feel. I'm not nervous about it or whatever, because there have been so many Batmans at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping it's going to be better than a Justice League. Um, you know, so we'll see. You know, probably won't be better than Aquaman because I loved Aquaman. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm trying to go with an open mind. It seems long is my issue i mean to be honest seems long it's two hours and change right no it's three hours long no it's not yeah it is no it's not yeah 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 absolutely here the batman movie length i'm just gonna running time Uh, two hours and 56 minutes oh you were way off dude oh i was it's only two (laughs) hours and change yeah, it's to change. <laughs> exactly. You're right. It's nice and short. Uh, I'm still at a place where I'm like, I don't know that I want to be sitting in an enclosed space with people for three hours <laughs> while they're eating popcorn and breathing all over me. That, that I'm, unfortunately, right. I'm at to the age where I'm like, ah, how am I going to fit a bathroom break in there? Oh, man. Just wait until when Martha dies, then you can run off. You show the pearl necklace, then you split. You yeah. know what's going to happen there. So just, you know. It's like they always say, pearls start with P. Oh, you just made that weird. I, it was already pretty weird. Um, Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. I haven't gotten tickets yet. I do want to see it. We were talking about this before we went on live. I was kind of waiting to see, like, if there was the off chance of a showing this weekend that didn't have any people, which I knew in advance was stupid, but I also, like... Yeah, opening weekend, there's not going to be... I just didn't want to buy tickets immediately and then be packed in the middle of people, you know? Sure. Still, uh, sure. still a little much. Plus, 
It's going to be on HBO Max in 45 days. Like, we already know that. So you seriously, for a fact, know that in 45 days from today, it's going to be there? Yeah, yeah. They announced that Warner Brother movies this year, they're not going to be day and date on HBO Max. They're going to be 45 days later. So the Batman's coming out. It's a long time Friday. to wait. It's fine. I'll be good. All right, man. Or I'll see a lot of people will be talking about it. Then you'll have, but are you hyped for it? Are you, how are you feeling about it? No, I'm not hyped. I said, I was like, sometimes when I care so much, you know, I get nervous about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm hoping it's, you know, better than justice league. So we'll see. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. That's a really long movie, which makes me nervous, but. Here's the thing. I have pretty low bars for Batman movies. Uh, I don't know if you're aware from the comic book show. That yeah, your favorite is the the third one, the Bane one, which is Love, uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises. I just I like Batman movies. That's all. I don't think I'm a. Uh, I don't think that's a controversial take or anything like that. But I'll probably I'm definitely going to see it at some point, and I'm definitely going to be like, yep, yeah, that was good. <laughs> you know, cool. So there you go. Uh, this is, oh, here we go. We got one last one from Nat Towson, which comics characters properties. Oh, and I just want to give a shout out to Josh H who also asked the same thing about the Batman. What's up, Josh H? No, he has a slightly different question. We'll come back to that in a second. Uh, Nat says, which comic characters properties should never get adapted to TV or film and why not? I, you know, Nat is constantly trolling us and, you know, sometimes I don't know what to do when he asks a question. So. What is he trolling you about right now? I, I don't know. He, the guy's crazy. I don't know what you want from me. The That's, guy's crazy? This is a very a, straightforward question. He's going to punch in the face as soon as I see him. I can't wait. Hmm. Um. All right. Which comic character property should never get adapted to TV or film? I don't know. I think you could adapt to anything. Like, we saw that pretty clearly. We talk about this all the time with the HBO Watchmen series, which found a way into it that worked. And I think there's other series that are just, that's unadaptable, but if they do it right, they do it right. Or they have a take on it. That's the important mm-hmm. thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, so there you, go. you know, let's so the do answer like is a... nothing. See a gritty uh, take on Captain Carrot, you know, like I'll show up for that. If it's good, it's good. That's the thing. Like I would be hesitant about that. But it could work. Why not? This is from Josh H. With how, boy, how about how about this? Okay, it's Howard the Duck. Yeah, but it gets really weird sexually with a couple of human beings, and then you're just kind of at the end of the movie going, "What did I just see?" Is one of the human beings Leah Thompson? Yeah, that I'm All, into. Always <laughs> that I'm very into it. With the Batman, <laughs> excuse me, coming out very soon. What other up and coming movies are piquing your interest? Any other movies you're excited about? Uh, I'm really excited about New- Moon Knight, but that's not a movie. Not a movie. Uh, uh, one that I'll give a shout out to that I've seen, but I just want to plug as much as possible. Um, it was at Sundance, virtual Sundance, mind you. I didn't go to Sundance. Uh, but it's a movie called After Yang with Colin Farrell, and it's great. It's coming out. It actually might be coming out this week, and it's going to be streaming on Showtime if you have Showtime. I'll check the date while I'm mentioning this. But it's this sci-fi movie uh, that takes place in a future that 
I really, oh yeah, it's coming out March 4th in theaters and also streaming free on Showtime if you have a Showtime subscription. And it's about a family that has an android. Uh, they adopted a kid. And then in this world, people get androids to right, basically so be... Slow down. What do you mean by android? Do you mean a phone? Do you mean like a little robot person? No, like, it's a guy. It's actually about? the guy who plays Ben on Umbrella Academy plays the android. Hmm. And so the way that it works in the world is when you adopt somebody to make them feel more comfortable you also get an android who teaches them about the culture that they come from in this case china and then grows doesn't grow up but as they grow up eventually the android gets sent back and what happens in this movie is the android starts to malfunction and shuts down and so it just becomes this like very careful sweet sad but not like tearjerker exploration of what death and memory mean which sounds very deep but it's also very funny very sweet very simple colin farrell is incredible in it um just great great movie i thought Uh, you were gonna say like you know it's this exploration of what like how parents have to try to like when there isn't television or computers around to teach kids, like how, how much more they have to do, you know? No, it's, it's more, it, I don't want to ruin anything about it because again, it's like this sci-fi world that I feel like I have never seen in my entire life on screen or anything, but it's also just very simple. You've never seen a story about a robot dying. Come on, bro. That's like all of them. The way they visually do the world. It's really fascinating, but okay. it's also very simple at the same time. But the thing that about it without it making it sound too heady is like, they start exploring the robot's memories to figure out what went wrong. And it's just about how like, you don't really know a person while they're living, but you get to know them better potentially after they die. And it's really beautiful in that way. Wait, wait, you've, wait, wait. you've never had an experience where you found out something about somebody after they die. You're like, really? They did oh, sure. that? But that doesn't make me go, well, now I know all of them because I no. know about their violin story. Absolutely not. But that's what it's about. It's like sort of about finding out about these things about people that you've never known before. So that's really good. There's another movie. Oh, God, I'm blanking on the name of this one. I haven't seen this one. But Everything Always, Everywhere, All at Once. It's with Michelle Yeoh. And it's basically it's a multiverse movie with Michelle Yeoh where she's told she needs to save the world. And it's just every all the multiverse, but it's all just different Michelle Yeohs in different wow. aspects. And it looks crazy just like absolutely amazing i can't wait for that i feel like that's what uh dr strange is going to be this multiverse of madness we're just going to get so many uh different uh versions of things but honestly this one looks to be like i'm more it's everything everywhere all at once i am more psyched for that than dr strange because it looks so much weirder and more interesting it's michelle yo jamie lee curtis is in it jenny slate is in it you had me at jamie lee curtis Uh, i just want to you know to get back to the question a little bit uh what do you mean get back to the question they asked what movies we're excited for and i yeah you went off on a bunch of art films and stuff like that i just wanted to kind of bring it back to comics jesus christ nobody asked for comics i'm just uh i'm really read a book man read a book (laughs) A comic scout. Um, I'm really looking forward to see how they're going to do the next Thor. And I'm also very excited about, because in the comics, the Jane, uh, you know, kind of becoming uh, Thor was such a heartbreaking, amazing 
story that was so beautifully done that I'm excited to see how they're going to kind of handle that and what's going to go on. And um, it just seems like a really going to be a crazy, badass um, movie. So I'm really oh my God, are you crying? Are you thinking no. about the Thunder Moving Prime? So no, I'm movie. trying to hold, I have a burp that I don't want to burp into the microphone. <laughs> okay. uh, a burp is your throat's way of crying. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> you almost made me do it there. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, well, we got one question here. I'm going to ask it. It's a joke question. But uh, Pete, since you love Arrow, how many times have you rewatched that show like you did Luke Cage and Ted Lasso? It's super short, right? <laughs> well, that's, uh, you know, unfortunately, I haven't gone through. Um, I don't have I don't have access to all the Arrowverse uh, shows. Unless, mm-hmm. Can you just go on CW and watch old Arrow? You should go. So there's this website I've been using to watch older shows called Netflix.com. Oh, uh, right. It's on yeah. Netflix. Uh, I, ha- I haven't. That's a good. Thank you for reminding me. I should do that because I'm uh, kind of overdoing it with the uh, Ted Lasso. So I think that. Uh, I did uh, want to ask you, though, how you've been feeling about the Marvel Netflix shows, because as I'm sure you know, they pulled them off of Netflix today, so they're not on Netflix anymore, and they're not going to be on Disney+. Plus. They're moving to Disney+, Plus on March 16th. So that's Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, of course, your fave, The Defenders, Punisher, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. How are you going to deal with these 16 days yeah, it's, I had, luckily I kind of, uh, you know, I had to go back and, and, and watch before they took them away. But, uh, yeah, this will be, you know, quitting cold turkey. So it'll be a tough 16 days. I feel bad for you and Justin, really. I mean, you'll probably feel the brunt of it the most. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's definitely true. Why don't we move on to our next section, which is trivia. And I'm going to turn it over back over to Burby LePage. Oh, sweet. We're going to get uh, our our boy Stray Bullies in here. Yeah, we're going to bring him in. He's going to be the contestant on Trivia in honor of Mardi Gras today. And yeah. for all of you out there, if you want to participate in Trivia, I'm going to drop the link in the chat. Oh, it's very dark. Hey! Oh, hey! Hello. Happy Mardi Gras. I'm just stirring my bucare. Oh, my God. Drinking from my drinking glove as you'll recall from last year (laughs) how are you guys doing all right how are you doing happy mardi gras looks like you're killing it this this is is like the marvel macros remember i introduced uh, the character introduced at season two of cloak and jabber yeah how are you guys great is this so good uh have you done like an outfit change since the parade i saw this morning or is this the same still going Oh, nice. Nice. I know. <laughs> I love the hat change as we walk through the house. <laughs> this so, is amazing. Remember last year we did the whole Mardi Gras house float because of yeah. the pandemic. Well, the pandemic is still going on, but you wouldn't you wouldn't know it. Regardless of that, we still decorated the house like it's a house float. Oh, it looks that. awesome. For anybody listening on the audio podcast, it's covered completely in lights. Yeah. Uh, looks great. So it is stray bullet. Oh, we got a uh, dancing yeah. dancer oh, yeah. in the background. Yes. Uh, you guys are missing a Justin, so I brought my own. Nice. Smart. Uh, Good thinking. Good nice, thinking. Nice. 
Well, yeah. are you ready to do some trivia that I... Well, is... no, hold up, hold oh, up. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, like, have you eaten king cake? Like, talk to me about your Mardi, uh, Mardi Gras wow. day. Like, what did you... So what time did I've you been... get up? When well, did you start drinking? at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we slow motion into the day because I have a three-year-old who doesn't like to do anything. Sure. So we got him up. We went out, went to the quarter, went down to uh, Frenchman Street. Rolled through the Marini, which is where I live, and uh, spent the day hanging out. You saw my live, couple of live streams I put up, which was a lot of fun. So there, <laughs> there went my hat. Uh, and then we came home. We ate some sandwiches. We did that kind of thing. Rested because uh, you have Smart. to pace yourself. Oh, um, yeah. Drink some because, water. Oh, absolutely, because the crowds are uh, crazy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. Now, would you say that since last year was maybe less is it do you do you feel like it's more more packed with people this year is oh it been God, more of a resurgence yeah yes absolutely totally crazy oh, that's that's great yeah. that's great news yeah I, also i appreciate the fact pete that you had zero questions about spawn your favorite comic book but you have like 15 <laughs> about Mardi Gras, so that's well nice. i think it's one of those things where sometimes you uh you know you get busy during the day and a lot of things happen and then you forget to do trivia, and then you remember, hey, Brett Macris is Mardi Gras. Why don't we just kill time and talk to him about that? And <laughs> Are you trivia. writing trivia right now? <laughs> you forgot to do trivia? That's right, yeah. <laughs> I'm just enjoying. Oh, oh I'm sorry. That's Pete, amazing. quote, Justin is always forgetting what our show is. I can't believe he's forgetting it after 15 years. But also, I forgot to write trivia with the thing that I do every week, LePage. <laughs> And right. quote, I had to bring my own Justin. After the LePage, yeah, he had to bring his own Justin. He didn't get trivia. I mean, it's been it's been a day. It's been a day. I'll tell you what, though, you can give my gift card to a charity of some kind, whichever one you guys uh, usually give it to. Yeah, I don't need it. It's Mardi Gras. It's great. Oh, uh, that's very nice. Life, now, man. the other thing, though, that we don't want to neglect is. Uh, that Pete always pays tribute to a dead celebrity. So, Pete, right. is there anybody who's died recently that you want to give a shout-out to? Uh, not off the top of my head that I'm willing to go on record for, no. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's important uh, to just celebrate disaster life. Just celebrate life right now, you know? Yes. We will donate a $25 to cool. a worthy charity. We will search something down. Stray Bullies, you were living the dream, man. Thank you I'm so trying. much for showing us, uh, uh, my wife, you know, in my your house. And- my wife and Justin too uh, are upset they didn't notice they were doing the peacemaker dance in the background. Oh no! <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. It's hard with the frame with the yeah, angle. Yeah, yeah, but... and I move a lot. Look at this. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. that's great though. That's awesome. Great it it seems like you do really want to taste it, Brett. I, mean... <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yes, uh, Brett. So good seeing you. Happy Mardi Gras. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Mardi Sorry, Cheers. I apologize for Pete. Love you, no, man. No Take care of yourself. Cheers. All right. We'll chat soon. Bye. All right. There we go. Thank oh. you, Brad, for coming on. Pete, Great I cannot believe. Oh, my you God. You just have those moments where you're like, man, there was something I I feel like I was supposed <laughs> to do today. I completely forgot about it. Yeah, it I do. But usually it's like, like, oh, I forgot hey, to open up the, the, the sound show, cue for trivia. trivia. I was like, yeah. oh. Jesus. That's what it was. That was the thing that was nagging me all day. 
That's amazing. Uh, well, it's fine. It worked out well. All good. As mentioned, I'll search up some charity. We'll send the 25 bucks that way. And for all of you, ooh, this is a good one, txtranshealth.org. That's a great one. Thank you, Jolene. Yeah, I will tell you what. We will look into that, and we will take care of that. And normally, though, you can get a $25 gift card from Midtown Comics if you're checking this out, if Pete remembers to do the trip. That's I guess. right. As we all know, new comics are cool. Pete. What are you looking forward to that's coming out this week or already out from DC or otherwise? Oh, well, I'm glad you said that because uh, Detective Comics number 1055 is amazeballs this week. And uh, it's one that I can't wait to talk to you about on the stack. Um, just really just uh, killing it. I, I can't tell what's better, the backup or the main story. They're both bananas good. Uh, I'll tell you what, the number one thing I was most excited about this week was crossover number 12 from Image Comics by Donny mm -hmm. Cates and Jeff Shaw. This book has been absolutely insane. This is a huge spoiler for the last issue, so turn away if you don't want to hear it. But uh, the Powers characters who have been investigating what's been going on in the book showed up at a baseball stadium and none other than Negan from The Walking Dead showed up there. Absolutely wild. It's paying off the premise. And it's something that I, I actually delayed it in my reading as much as possible because I was so excited about it. I'm like, I'm going to read these other things that maybe I don't and want to read I'll as much. Give myself a little treat. A little treat at the end. And yeah. uh, we'll see. We're going to talk about both these things on the stacks and we'll see if it disappointed or not. Ooh. Probably not. <laughs> and folks, that's it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank John Westhoff for coming on. Check out Drumsticks of Doom, which is yeah, on Kickstarter right now. Also, Sean Lewis, thanks for coming on. Check out King Spawn, The yeah. Scorched, and everything else. Thumbs and next list. week, yeah, next week we're going to have a bunch of other great guests. Brittany Matter and Dalen Ogden are going to be here to talk about Dead Dreams, The Lucid Chronicles, and Jarrett J. Krosiska is going to be here to talk about Lunch Lady. So it should be a super fun show. Other things to plug. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support this show. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow. Don't forget to leave us a request in the iTunes reviews. We're going to be getting to Sunstone this week and next week, Oblivion Song. At Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and so many more. Until next time, good night. Take care of yourself. Thanks, everybody. Happy Mardi Gras. Les îles, bon temps,